Good morning. It's great to see all of you in worship today. So glad that you're here on this holiday weekend as we begin the season of Advent. I want to offer a word of thanks to all of our musicians who've made the service just so wonderful today. Would you join me in thanking them? Beautiful. And while we're at it, let's thank all those who've made the sanctuary and the campus so gorgeous for the holiday. No wonderful. Thank you. Our scripture reading this morning uh, comes from the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, selected verses. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God said, let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. God said, let the waters swarm with living things and let birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. God said, let the earth produce every kind of living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. Then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. The Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit and also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today is, as you've heard, the first Sunday of the season of Advent. Though it seems the world around us doesn't know that and is already celebrating Christmas. Starting October 25th, the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel started showing Christmas movies. On the day after Halloween, someone in my neighborhood already had their Christmas decorations up. We've seen Santa arrive at the end of the Macy's Day Parade, and I know on Black Friday you already purchased Christmas gifts for Pastor Emily and me. That's okay. 
it's just not Christmas yet. You're just gonna have to wait. But there's something about Christmas. We just, we just love it inside the church and outside. We just can't help ourselves. We want Christmas to start. But for those of us in the church, there is a season that precedes. It's a, a prelude to Christmas. And we think it's necessary that we prepare ourselves so that we can celebrate Christmas to the fullest. We call that Advent. The word Advent means waiting, hoping, anticipation, longing, expectation of the arrival of something or someone very important, very special. Advent is that feeling that children have in the month of December waiting for Santa Claus to arrive with the gifts for Christmas morning. It's the feelings you and I get when we order gifts on Cyber Monday and wait for the package to arrive, hopefully not broken. It's waiting for those out-of-town guests that we only get to see rarely but to spend the holidays with or the arrival of those Christmas cards and letters to catch up on family and friends. It's that anticipation. It's that excitement. It's that looking forward to that Advent represents. During the season of Advent, we look back. We, we join the ancient world before the coming of Christ, hoping, longing for, praying, anticipating the coming of the promised Messiah. Just as we return to ancient days to celebrate his birth, Advent is the returning to the season before his birth when all creation was anticipating the arrival of its Messiah. As you can see, we, we begin the season in the dark because hope must often begin in the dark. That's why we wear black. That's why we light just one candle today. But each week, the light will grow as Christmas approaches. At Advent, we read Isaiah 9-2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark land, light has dawned. Advent is that season of darkness anticipating the coming light of Christmas. During Advent, we re-enter that darkness now, obviously, during the season of Advent and Christmas, light and dark aren't the only symbols, though they're significant ones. Also, you can see all around you evergreens that have been brought in to, to celebrate, to decorate the space, to prepare us for the coming celebration. You probably already have Christmas tree up in your house or a wreath hanging on the door. This time of year, we see them everywhere. But I think in Florida, we forget sometimes what they represent. Year-round in Florida, everything is green. There's hardly a tree that loses its leaves. We even wrap palm trees and Christmas lights, of all things. But in northern climates, the further north you go, the less life you see in the winter months. It's darker. The days are shorter. The ground is often covered in snow and ice. During the fall, the trees lose their leaves. Animals hibernate. People with any sense work inside where it's warm. There aren't many signs of life except the evergreen trees 
the firs, the cedars, the pine, the juniper. And in ancient times, even before Christ was worshipped in northern places, those northern peoples would cut boughs from the trees. They would make wreaths. They would bring in trees as reminders that even in the lifeless winter, there are signs of life represented in the green of the evergreen tree, the aroma that fills the room because of them. Not just the evergreens, but also during the winter and those darker months, extra lights had to be lit, extra lanterns, extra candles. And so over time, as Christ was worshipped, those evergreens and those candles came to represent the coming of Christ to a dark world. Evergreens remind us that there is always life. You probably know the the German Christmas carol, O Tannenbaum, or in English, O Christmas tree. I wanna share just two stanzas. The first is, O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how lovely are thy branches. Not only green when summer's here, but in the coldest time of year, O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how lovely are thy branches. But then notice the theology in the second stanza. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how sturdy God hath made thee. Thou bidst us all place faithfully our trust in God unchangingly. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, how sturdy God hath made thee. Just that line, thou bidst us all place faithfully our trust in God unchangingly. The evergreens are meant to be a symbolic reminder of an unchanging God who is faithful to his promises, whose promises to us are evergreen. Moments ago, I read to you from the opening chapters of the Bible The authors of Genesis 1 and 2 are are painting a word picture for us of the world as it ought to be, as God intended it to be. A life of beauty, a life of perfection where all is well. Genesis chapter 1 is written as a poem. If I had read it in its entirety, you would notice that each day corresponds like the stanza of a poem, beginning with the words, let there be, and ending with, it is good. God made each day exactly what God wanted, and it is good. The creation story of Genesis 1 begins with, let there be light, and so light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. And then when God had created all that God intended to create in Genesis 1:31, God saw everything he had made and it was what? Supremely good. Everything that God created was supremely good just as God intended, a world at peace, a world in perfect harmony, in harmony with God, humans in harmony with one another, humans in harmony with nature, 
humans with an understanding of their purpose in this world. I'll say more about that in a moment. Community, a global cosmos of community and life. Flourishing, abundant, fruitful life. The biblical word for this is shalom, which is translated sometimes as peace and yet means far more than peace. Shalom is peace because all creation has the opportunity to thrive and flourish and be what God intended. The evergreen holiday tree, our Christmas tree, or the Christmas tree in your home, remind us also of another tree that is evergreen. In Genesis 2, 8 through 9, it says, Lord, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit. And also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God not only created a perfect world, God not only placed us in the most perfect place in that world, the Garden of Eden, God also made it possible for us to live there forever, that we could eat for eternity from the tree of life. And what would we be doing for eternity? Well, we were given a particular role and purpose. Genesis 1.28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it, take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the human and settled him in the Garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. We were given responsibility for God's good creation, to guard it, to use it well, to protect it, to help it be most flourishing and most fruitful, to live in harmony and unity with it. Lisa Sharon Harper writes, what God calls very good is the wellness of all the relationships God created in the beginning. This includes the relationship between humanity and the rest of creation. The sun, the moon, and the stars serve humanity and the rest of creation by providing sustenance for our bodies and light for our night travel. The stars tell people, especially in ancient agrarian cultures, when to wake, sleep, harvest, and sow. Plants serve animals by offering themselves as food. We see humanity serving and protecting the ground when God calls humanity to till it and keep the earth and to serve animals by naming them. As those called to exercise dominion, humanity will be held accountable for what happens to God's masterpiece the earth. If you go back and read through Genesis 1 and 2, it's obvious that God had a good time creating all that God created, that God loved the creation process. Every moment, stepping back and saying, good, it is good, it is supremely good. God created this world in a particular and purposeful way, from the highest mountain heights to the deepest valley, from the highest waterfall to the deepest ocean depths, from the rainforest to the desert ranges, from the tiniest of insects to the great white whale, from the smallest of microbes to the redwood forests, from the glaciers and snows of the North Pole and South Pole to the heat 
of Death Valley. God made it all. God made it all with great care. God loves God's creation. And by the way, God loves his creation so much that at Christmas we celebrate him coming to his creation and becoming one with it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the word, and without the word, nothing came into being. In his work on creation care, Pope Francis has written, in the Christian understanding of the world, the destiny of all creation is bound up with the mystery of Christ, present from the beginning. One person of the Trinity entered into the created cosmos, throwing in his lot with it even to the cross. From the beginning of the world, but particularly through the incarnation, the mystery of Christ is at work in the world. During Advent and Christmas, we often place most of our focus on a miraculous birth, a baby named Jesus born of the Virgin Mary, Born in a foreign place in a faraway time, everybody loves the story about the baby. And of course, that's important. And of course, why he came is important for our salvation. But I want to suggest today there's also deep meaning in the way that God came to save us. By becoming one of us. God, the creator, becoming a living, breathing creature. The creator becoming the created. And the evergreens of the season remind us of that truth. God loves what God has made so much that God became what God has made. And so God created a perfect world. God placed humanity in that perfect world to care for it. God gave us an evergreen tree of life so that we could live forever. And yet the world isn't perfect, is it? I read an article just this morning say that we might be near or at the tipping point of environmental collapse due to global warming and our abuse of his creation. The world is polluted and broken and abused. Humans no longer live in harmony with God or each other or with the created order. We've been cut off from the evergreen tree of life for a long, long time. We're a long way from Eden. And I want to suggest today that's the meaning of Advent. That Advent isn't just a preparation for another annual celebration of Christmas and then we pack the decorations and move on with our life. Advent is meant to remind us that the world is not as it ought to be. That just as the world once needed a savior, we still do. The world still does. And it's a reminder that no matter how dark the darkness no matter how bleak the winter, no matter how hopeless things might seem, the promises of God are evergreen. Let us pray. And so God, we come to you that you might strengthen our hope, 
We come to you this morning to your table to be reminded of your goodness. Even as we eat bread made of grain grown from the ground that you made, juice made from grapes grown from the same soil. Lord, remind us of the goodness of your creation, a reflection of the goodness of you. Remind us your promises today, in Jesus' name, amen.